You are listening to the Worlding Podcast, where we explore the relationship of how we are both shaping and being shaped by our surroundings. The podcast traces interconnections by inviting each episode's guest to pass on the mic to someone who has influenced their world. And now, here's your host, dance artist Renee Schadler. Hello friends. Today we will begin a 10th string figure with my guest, Berlin-based choreographer and performer Kat Ballister. We will dive into Kat's interest in how filming and the editing process can be used as a tool within choreography and composition, and how by shifting the gaze of the audience, we can quite literally shift their world. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Hello, nice to be here. To begin, I would love to hear a bit about your current world, so what's surrounding you at the moment and how it's shaping our conversation. I mean, I'm in my kitchen, <laughs> which is very warm, and um, I have like some books that I'm like reading right now, um, like I have a book by Camus, and um, I have some sketches for my set design, for the set design of my coming project. So, and a lot of other stuff and also vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it could be the scene of a film cat, which is a nice segue into your lifelong interest in film, which I believe started when you were a child. Uh, well, actually, it's quite interesting that, you know, even though like I'm doing dance, I'm so, <laughs> so into film and, and I'm happy that we actually do a talk that is not about dance, but it's about film. Um, I really, yeah, I really love films and I spend a lot of time watching films Um And I wouldn't say that it's like, you know, that I started, I mean, I started to basically watch film when I understood what film is. So this didn't start exactly when I was a child, but for sure the, the relation that I have with image is, is somehow very much connected to my childhood. So I was like, I was like drawn very much to making images and this was going very much along with movement. And I think like this combination of like image and, 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 and movement is something that I find also in films and I find it quite um, inspiring. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I get a lot of inspiration uh, uh, through films and a lot of films that I have experienced And my adolescence, I would say, when I started to be more connected with film, um, they have stayed with me since now. And a lot of films, I they are like very touching and inspirational and they move me. So I very much connect this to dance, this kind of movement that you feel. I'm also interested in this idea of being able to rewatch things. I know often when we talk about dance or when we experience dance, 
this ephemeral quality is mentioned so that it happens in the moment live and it's a one-off experience that is often very hard to document through video or through words. Mm -hmm. How is that for you being so interested in film, which is literally rewind, play, rewind, play as often as you like, and then something as ephemeral as dance? Yeah, that is actually the big clash, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, the, the fact that dance is so, I mean, it has this, it's, it's very much ephemeral as, as a, as a, yeah, as a as a dance form, but of course, I think the effect that it um, that the impact um, a, a dance piece can potentially have to viewer, um, I believe that this effect can stay as long as um, um, for a long period of time, at least with the, with the, the someone who have ex- who has experienced it, and it's very similar to how you experience a film. So I find the connection there in the sense of like how like dance and film, they can have a, an impact that kind of like stays with you for, for a long time. Um, but of course, like there is a certain kind of thing in the film, like it's like that the trace of the film is like, it, let's say last longer in time. It's like more durational. And the the trace of the dance um, of a of a of a dance piece is like is like sometimes is as if you you know in like in 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 the film by Tarkovsky where you like you know you see for example these details these very poetic details where a warm glass of water um, leaves a trace on a table and slowly this trace vanishes. So, you know, um, um, but of course, like, um, it's like, um, they they both have a certain kind of of beauty. And um, it's just like, you know, I was thinking all the time that it's sometimes, but I don't know, because I'm not a filmmaker. I mean, I play with the idea of being a filmmaker by being a choreographer, but um, it's uh, it's another thing. I mean, the the performing, the, the live performance also needs a different kind of presence, also from the people, who, not only from the performers, but from me as a choreographer. When I'm like, when I don't perform in my in my works, I mean, I need to be there. I need to be present. There's all this kind of like feeling that it's what will happen and how it's going to go because it's happening right now and it can always be different, you know. Mm, Yeah, that's true. This moment where everything comes together and there isn't that way to retake a scene once it's performed live on stage with an audience and it's performed live on stage, whereas with film you can also edit and there's a long post-production process. Yeah, it's something different, you know, because like, of course, there's a more like, I guess, a process where you make a film. Um, I mean, I I make small things with film, but um, but for sure, the process is anyway different because there's more like a a work behind that. It takes a lot of time, but when it's out there, it's just out there and it doesn't change. I mean. Uh, with uh, performing the live performance, everything is is very 
they're happening at the same time, you know, and very in, in the present tense. Mm. I know in 2018, you actually combined dance on stage with a screening of a short film in the Stella Fauna project. And I recently watched the short film, which was inspired by the cardiovascular system of crocodiles. And so I was really drawn to the fact it had this very slow pace to it. And there were two female characters lounging around a swimming pool that was filled with purple water. And you had a lot of underwater scenes of them diving and creating bubbles with their bodies and it was very much this moment of really zooming into something that perhaps on stage is harder to direct our eye to how was it with them both being presented side by side so really having this concentrated film screening and then a live performance on stage was the difference even more palpable between the two I mean, first of all, in, in Stella Fauna, what we did is that we had um, we had two um, active spaces. So there was like one um, space uh, on stage, and then there was um, the film where the where the performance was taking place, and then the film was taking place in another space and. Um, and and then the groups were divided, and they would um, then there was like a group that would experience the film first, and then the, a group that would experience the performance first, and then they would change, you know. Um, so I think that uh, in relation to Stefano, I think the film was giving informations uh was giving information to the to the performance that it was maybe was um making enriching the experience of the performance and i think the other way around was happening also uh when you would see the performance first and and the film after um because it would like you know the idea was very much like a cell that was divided in two um yeah, now regarding the regarding the process of the film, I mean, at least because I, I I do very small things with films, but it's like very much in 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 the way you kind of visualize a, a detail, or you you kind of like approach a detail, something that you don't have so much in in performing arts, and I think this is how my gaze sometimes works also when I choreograph. Um, I have in my mind a specific detail as if I want to go close to something, but I know that this doesn't happen, but I'm trying somehow to embody that desire. Um, so in, in that sense, the way you think, if you think in a cinematic way, I think at least for me, it kind of like helped me to also uh, work with the body. Like what is like when I take a distance and when I see the broader image or when I go slow and I want to discover something inside or, or closer. 
Um, and of course, regarding the Celerfano film, I think the fact that we were talking about the cardiovascular system of a, of a crocodile, of an animal, it created, uh, let's say, uh, it was very much about storytelling also. Mm. Also in the film, there was this moment of a water droplet that took over the screen in a transition between two different locations. And then there were also moments of watching the rippling surface of the purple water. And I found this also very interesting, this idea of oscillating between the macro scale and the micro, which I think is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm, yeah. Also in relation to works on stage, this idea to really pan out and then zoom into something very small. And I think both of these perspectives really inform how we world often we world on a macro scale of what we need to do or where we are in space like mm -hmm. in an apartment or on the street but actually it is these micro details like the one droplet of water that really can shape an experience in a very profound way Yeah, absolutely. I mean also, you know, like um and with the life that exists in in the smallest things or in a drop of water, you know, it's like, mm. it's amazing. I mean, and, and in, in that sense, um, I think, for example, if you, if you see, to, if you see something like a drop of water and you can understand all this microorganism that exists I mean in a way this is also something that it can be staged you know like it's a formal life that you can that it can inspire you also in order to to you know to experience or to 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 create something choreographically I mean it is in, in a certain, certain way a choreography when you see the movement and all this that exists in a drop of water. But I think anyway, like also the, 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 the things that I find also, for example, in, um, in, in this kind of like a detail or when you go closer, there's sometimes like in a hand, for example, there's so much emotion also in the hand. Um, Yeah, I think it's like uh, it's just a it's a way of thinking, I would say, or a thing or a perspective. Um mm. to yeah, this kind of cinematic, let's say, approach. And I think it's also interesting thinking about the staging of these performances, because staying with the the example of Stella Fauna the female performers also had this tension in their lips which affected the whole body even from a distance, even from sitting in the auditorium watching something on stage. It was very present how much these facial gestures were changing the whole tension in the body. Can you talk a little bit to that, how these smaller gestures also affect the whole physicality? I think unconsciously, I, I think that I wanted to show how like a crocodile, you know, would be um, if it was embodied somehow by a, by a female body. That is why there also these things where this kind of like body that goes inside the water in a in a crocodilian way, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, 
<laughs> what I wanted to do, it's like to find, uh, because the particular um, women, they're supposed to be mutants or they are um, a new species. So then the expressions of the face or the mouth or biting the nails, they become this kind of like more um, like very familiar uh, kind of um, expressions. But because we're talking about a new species, then they take a new meaning. So basically this is what I want to do and and because like in the live performance you kind of see or you have experience more of the whole body I wanted to really stay on the face uh, and and there are a lot of shots that they kind of like stay with um with the you know like the they are looking at us for a long time or um um, yeah, or we see because you know they have also um, one eye is blue and the other is not. Um, they're like a bit like twins, but not. So I, I wanted to really emphasize on this particularity on on that we kind of get to know them because they're a new species, so we can experience them closer. Um, um, and also see then the body underwater. But I think it's very much about this new meaning, you know, like how these expressions that we also do, um, they kind of uh, become new, let's say. Mm. I know also you're very drawn to science fiction and the work of Ursula K. Le Guin and her fabulations for people that are not familiar with Le Guin. She's an author, an American author and writer who has passed away now but wrote a lot of texts that were very influential, I would say, to the performing arts and philosophy. And it was really interesting to see how this genre is so clear with some of these special effects, like uh, the strobing of a shadow of a crocodile over the women or, um, like you said, these long scenes of gazing into the eye and they have this blue contact lens. Like mm-hmm. these tropes are so recognisable but so enjoyable also to put us into the future or to put us something, um, to put us in a place that isn't, now i think science fiction comes a little bit more as um it took me quite a while to basically realize um that there is something in my work that i could uh even say that it has some kind of connection with science fiction uh because sometimes i'm just like uh thinking about what I do or try to create something like even an image or 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 kind of a um a hypothesis let's say in my mind that um then when it comes out and it takes a form and it it, it becomes um a, a dance piece then a lot of feedback that I have is like that it's what I do it's sci-fi and at the beginning I was not uh, I was not sure uh, of that even though I really have um, um, 
you know, I really, I really, I can connect with sci-fi um, and in the storytelling and in the, um, um, also in films. Um, the storytelling, I mean, like, you know, through books and readings and, but also in, in films. Um, but I think it becomes like through a certain kind of um, present um, that is charged with a certain kind of um, imagination, let's say, where somehow what is familiar becomes unfamiliar. I think this is more the, the connection that I could say that I, yeah, that it's like when somehow then the work becomes like more sci-fi. Sci- sci- because I'm I'm trying to play with this of like something that is very familiar, how it can be displaced and then it becomes unfamiliar. Um, but I, I also enjoy the, the the creation of this, like the fabulation of oh, as as a, as a, yeah, because I, I a lot of times I bring so many different things together, mm-hmm. like. Um, and then I think like by trying to create something with them, there's this kind of like process where um, then like a new creature, you know, appears or something, if I could say it like this. But yeah, there's some, I mean, I, I, I kind of like bring things that they, you would say that they don't match at first, but then through the way I bring them together and allow them to melt into each other, I find a way to um, to connect them, let's say. Hmm. I knew when we were chatting earlier about film and what it can offer to choreography and composition, we came to this idea of how film can develop empathy and you gave the example of a cat giving birth that was filmed from very close up can you retell that to listeners because for me it really highlighted how film can also create a closeness to different creatures through imagination and gaze so one thing to create new creatures and another thing to imagine kind of this multi-species getting on together which uh is talked about often but in practice is quite hard like how do you value the the needs or desires of a living creature or animal on the same value as your own when it's often hard to communicate or to read the signals? Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I mean, this particular film is um, is, is a film by Maya Deren. That, uh, she, was a, she was a dancer and, and then she slowly went to filmmaking. And um, I think at, when I saw the particular film at first, I I, I was like, okay, this is basically uh, showing us the life of a cat, like really. Uh, but uh, and 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 through that, I was at the beginning. I was like, I, I didn't know how to experience the film, <laughs> but later on, I realized that there was this kind of like curiosity and and at the same time love you know um 
um, for, for 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 the life of this um, um, of this animal. So I don't know. I find it extremely touching then, because um, then the focus is just shifted from human beings to animals, like from humans to non-humans. And but with the same kind of uh, precision and care, um, which means like you know to to really experience it from the eye of of a filmmaker and give the same importance. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking about like different forms of sensing, and like in this moment, I can imagine also the film being created on the level of a cat, like we can find where the eyes are of these creatures and put our view there. But it is interesting, like, for example, I don't have fox ears, so you can't really hear in the way a fox would, you know. And I guess also with vision, you know, we know that dogs see black and white. Like it is interesting also that we see these things as a human through the human sensoria. For sure. Um, but we get a little bit closer. I think this is important to mention. Yeah, I mean, because it was her cat also, you know. So it's like uh, it's different because it's not that she just went to find a cat, you know, to to film, you know, and it was, it's part, I guess it was because part of the family. So yeah, I understand that this gate, this gate still is coming from um, a kind of anthropocentric, you know, um, uh, perspective. But I mean, I kind of like, it would be amazing if, for example, we could, um, we could see her from the film from the cat's perspective. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, um, uh, I guess that probably was very difficult at that time when the film was filmed. And I don't even know how it can happen today without <laughs> the human beings interacting, you know, taking over. It is. It's interesting. Like, I think it's something about the curiosity and the attempt and also like acknowledging that it's never quite going to be there you know like we're never going to have cat eyes exactly but we're getting a little step closer yeah that is why I think that I love this film because also it was like filmed around the 50s I think or uh, 60s um um because it has this tenderness and because you know it's like um also because she gives birth so she's the mother so I don't know I mean I, I found it that Quite, it was quite um, um, touching in the sense that you know it was it was their their part of the family, let's say. But yeah, I mean, there is the importance of, of course, of like um, understanding your position uh, in that sense, and um, have a um, respect, let's say, for that. Mm. You know, that, you know, that the cat cannot, um, that it would be amazing if the cat could take over and, and, and you know, <laughs> and be like part of it. That's true. In a much more active way, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> During this conversation, we've chatted about uh, how cinematic tools can be used really in world making. And I wonder if there's a way that, 
listeners and myself could experience your research through our bodies, wherever we are now, whether we're listening on a train or at home, is there a way that you could guide us through this research? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean the cinematic approach, um, of course, it, I mean, in, in a way is all the things that I tried to talk about in the sense of like, yeah, how you can think about an image or think about what it means to the, the micro or the macro uh, in the choreographic process, even the editing that we talked about, like how the editing can create a certain kind of rhythm um, when you just put uh, scenes together and then you try to connect them through because it's not just the how you create the, the, the you know the, the the parts of a film, but it's also what connects through what is the what is the uh, internal connection of the movement inside this these frames. Um, but um, then there is very much about like what kind of um, what kind of like um, feeling you have about. Uh, about time and about living in, 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 in time and what it means to be inside a space and what it means to see yourself like experiencing the space and experiencing the time. Um, so it's a little bit sometimes as if you are like having a, like a, um, this is like a transformative experience, you know, like it's very, like what it means to have, um, a, let's say, um, a, like a position where you can imagine yourself, or you can see yourself, or you can see people and then somehow like experience them as if you're in a film. Mm. So maybe wherever people are now, they can kind of be the little bird on their shoulder or the human perspective attempting to be a bird <laughs> as we mentioned and begin to see themselves in the scene yeah exactly I mean it's it's in a certain kind of awareness I mean if you if you kind of like uh, don't only see things from um uh the 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 position of the viewer, but if you're like somehow placing yourself inside, therefore you kind of start to have the sensitivity and the awareness of like how you move, what you do, when you do it, what is the space that you're in. Um, this baby can activate something that is very filmic in the end. Ah, uh, this is interesting that the perspective moves inside. Do you mean also like, um, for example, perceiving through your knees if you're sitting on the tram listening to this? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> I'm trying to perceive through my feet as I speak with you. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the gaze is something that it can, or wh where you put the attention or where you, yeah, where you, where you place the... Um, yeah, where, where you place the, 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 the importance of, of the perspective from where you look at things. 
I think it's kind of interesting also. And choreographically, I think it kind of opens up, let's say, something. At least it does to me. Um, and that is why, you know, like even, for example, I mean, um, I'm talking now, I'm going to talk a little bit about something else, like about, for example, eyelash, when we filmed eyelash um, and we tried to... Um, somehow like we knew that we had a, a theater that we were um, so we had a certain kind of frontality when the piece is played it has this frontality but then when we wanted to film it we decided to not have this frontality so every time you would have a different uh, way of that you would experience a scene for example so that kind of like created another perspective inside the theater um, where you don't have a frontality anymore. And I think, you know, like if you kind of like activate this already in choreography, it gives you a lot of information about how you can place yourself and um, or where you can place an arm. And if this becomes a center of your awareness or if the arm becomes... Um, it has an awareness. It's like a little bit absurd. Eyelash also, for listeners that aren't familiar, is a solo work that Kat premiered this year, which was also a dance film. So from my understanding, it was a performance and like very well documented with screenings also of the actual work as a film rather than presented as dance documentation. Yeah, yeah, we tried to do this, like try to make a film and not just a simple documentation. Um, it happened also during the the years of the yeah the the year of the lockdown, so that is why uh, also we tried to we wanted to film it. Um, yeah, this perspective, and I think this also kind of like sometimes. Um, where you um where you kind of like um how you play with this i think it it's also something that is very transformative in the in uh, at least from my experience and um it activates a lot of the imagination which i think for, at least for me it's quite important in 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 my work mm. i also wonder about it as like a daily practice if i stay with uh, my perspective on my feet and decide that my day, for example, or the hours left of the day will be the story of my feet and what they come in contact with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very trippy. Perhaps not incredibly efficient, but I think that's amazing. Like we don't necessarily need to be efficient while I write emails or continue my, my work day. It's quite playful, actually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you spend a day where basically your feet are you. <laughs> <laughs> and you are your feet. <laughs> nice. And as part of this podcast, we're passing on the microphone to somebody that's influential for your world. Who would you recommend to continue this conversation in part two of series 10? I would definitely suggest Vivian Tabak. She's a curator and she was also in the last documenta. And I think she has very interesting things to say about her experience. 
<laughs> and much more. <laughs> wow, looking forward. Yes. Thank you so much. I believe she also has a cat, so perhaps her cat could also say hello. Yeah, she has two. Maybe it's also interesting that the two cats are also invited so you can talk with them as well. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with us, Kat, and all the best with your new creation. Thank you. And I hope people can also check out Eyelash and Stella Fauna. It's an older work, but it's still, it's still taking place, I believe, in different settings. So if people can check it, please take the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. It was really a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Worlding Podcast. Gefördert durch die Beauftragte der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Programm Neustart Kultur. Hilfsprogramm des Tanzen des Dachverband Tanz Deutschland.